Do we know? That's the problem. If we're outside, it's not that bad. What about um? What about? Do you think? This My is phone good. thinks it's seventy-two degrees, and you, I say it's a liar. Should we do a podcast outdoors someday? <laughs> We should. On location in our parking lot. Oh my God, totally. With Jimmy Buffett as our special guest. <laughs> if you can get Jimmy Buffett, I will go wherever he wants to do our podcast about filmmaking. <laughs> Jimmy he starts G- talking about fruitcakes and volcanoes. I was going to say, it's like, it's like, Jimmy, so you know, when, when you've done your music videos, what do you think? Well, one time when I was in Mexico, I had a fruitcake that was just amazing. <laughs> And I was walking, yeah, in the kitchen. <laughs> and I was walking barefoot on the beach with fruitcakes. What was your question? <laughs> Welcome to the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast, presented by Cinema Summit, a podcast about the art of making films, no matter how small the budget. And now, here are your hosts, Alex Dark and Trevor L. Nelson. Everyone, thanks for joining us. This is episode 13 of the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast, and I am Trevor L. Nelson. And I'm Alex Dark, and today we're talking about business plans. But first, Alex, what are we drinking? Uh, we're drinking a couple beers. Yeah. Made, made by the Kona Brewing Company. Yes, we are. I'm having a Longboard Island Lager. And I'm having a Big Wave Golden Ale. Ooh, excellent. And that's because it is balls hot outside. Yeah, um, it's actually, really hot. it's not balls hot, hot outside. It's we have so much equipment running in our studio that it is so hot inside, and we can't run AC when we do this podcast. Yep. So we're dying here because we're fat men, and it's hot. And I wore just tweed. I'm wearing a tweed suit. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I just I just have a, a llama blanket. It's not <laughs> it's not made from alpaca. It's just a blanket that's in the shape of a llama. Yeah, it does. It's very ill fitting for him. Yeah. But uh, it, uh, for some reason, he's still wearing it, even though it's so hot out. My feet go in its feet. <laughs> My hands going its front feet. Um, the reason we're drinking beer is because Alex's parents so lovingly gave it to us, donated it to us after drum roll, please. Alex got married this weekend. I did. Congratulations. Well, thanks. Welcome to hell. No, thanks. Just kidding. Jk. Jk. Just my life. No, I love you, babe. Um, no, Alex got married this weekend. Beautiful ceremony. Beautiful bride. Okay, groom. Man, um, it was hot. Talking about hot. It yeah. was, man, triple dig. Re- rehearsal on Friday, no wind, no clouds, no shade, 100 degrees. We went through an 18-pack of beer in about five minutes. It yeah. was miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the um, the rite of passage that happened, started with my wedding and it ended on Alex's wedding after the wedding ceremony and the partay, we went to a bar and then went to Del Taco. We, yep. we uh, you know, we did it right. We had some uh, Del Taco soft tacos with their cr- crinkly fries. Oh, man. Um, man, could you think of a better way to end your wedding? I can't, really. Oh, man. It was beautiful. I cried a little bit. My wife probably could think of a few different ways to, not, you know. Not at that moment, but... No, uh, <laughs> she, she loved it. Yeah, but uh, now looking back, she probably could. But uh, what else is new with us? Um, we, uh, a couple weeks ago, I'd say about two weeks ago, we stopped with over at our friends' offices at Stage 32. Yes, indeed. Uh, check out them for a little bit because we helped them set up a little shooting area. They're going to be doing a lot more videos. Yeah. Um, they do. They do a lot of videos right now. They do like uh, webinars and live stuff through Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. But they're trying to sort of up their game, move away from just the mobile stuff to like a DSLR hooked up to their computer. And so we yeah. kind of help them set up a little lighting scenario in their office. But also we were kind of guiding them through some different ways to do it with OBS Studio and stuff like that. Yeah. So we're kind of uh, helping them up their game. They're going to be able to. Um Get some nice depth of feel nice, in their webinars, man. Nice depth of feel. It's you know, shallow sweet. focus. It's going to be super sweet. Um, and also for those people out there, 
um, who were asking all two of you. Um, we are finally on Spotify. Finally, took finally. forever. They, I think they had a backlog after everyone wanted to be on there once they opened it up. But we are on Spotify. So if you are listening on a platform you don't like and you love Spotify, check us out there. Yep. And last but not least, we we just had our first guest episode Ooh. where we interviewed a guest, Logan Burdick. That was episode 12. You should check that out. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and we had a little bit of, you know, a few flubs, glitches, technical things, yep. and we're we're dialing that in. We just, you know, kind of fine-tuned our setup a little bit mm-hmm. to try to work through some of those kinks, and hopefully we can get it pretty solid for the next guest. Yep, yep, yep. And so, you know, we're, we're looking forward to it. We have a good couple of guests lined up. We have an in-studio guest who's going to be coming in a little bit. In a couple All of the weeks. way from New York. All the way from New York, specifically for us. I don't think so. Nope, not really. He has friends in L.A., <laughs> but you know what? We're going we're gonna to say he's here for us anyway. Yeah. Um, so off of that, let's get into the main topic. And now, you know, we always are on the creative side, mostly of filmmaking. Um, but in all honesty, it is a business. And that being said... Uh, you gotta, you gotta find a way to make some money, um, either your project or for you, but that means you gotta write a business plan sometimes. Yeah. Not only make money, but actually just get money to make the project before it makes money. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So business plans are kind of one of those things that it's, it's kind of a necessary evil depending on how you're raising money, I guess, really. Yeah. So maybe we should talk first about, um, what a business plan is good for. So it's funny, um, a couple, about a month ago, I went uh, to Denver with some friends of mine um, and some new friends of mine that I met at Denver. Um, and they are all mostly in the, I went and got my, you know, I went to business school, I got my MBA, I'm working for a startup kind of thing. Um, and they were talking about, oh yeah, you know, uh, some, a couple of them had started their own companies and they were like, oh yeah, you know, I'm looking for investors and all that. So I got to write a business plan and all that. And it kind of hit me because, you know, I was just kind of sitting in the back because I'm, you know, more of the creative side and these guys all went to business school. It kind of hit me like, well, you know what, when you're making a film, I have to write like a business plan every time. Um, and yeah. basically what it's for is to get investors. Um, unless you have money that you can spend on your own, a business plan is to, to shop around your project and hopefully get investors who will pay for the creation of your film. Yeah, pretty much. Or, or, and, or, yes, and definitely or. to that, but, or, thank you for, um, getting other key people on board. That's true. You know, it could be trying to get a, another producer or a production company on board just mm-hmm. to see sort of what the project is and what your goals are with the project. Yep. Uh, to try to get them attached so then you can add them to the business plan. Yeah. When you go off and mm-hmm. shoot it to investors and stuff like that. Um, it, basically, it's a test to see if you got all your ducks in a row, as they say. It's kind of like uh, you're laying everything out that you have for your project so they, they know it's in good hands. Uh, they know who they're dealing with, that they have a clear vision for the business side of their project. And it's just kind of something that is good to have in your back pocket. Um, you know, there's templates out there, so don't think that there's this daunting task of how to write it, but it's definitely something that you're going to show to probably a lot of people as you're working in the industry. Yeah, and I kind of equate it to sort of script coverage, you know? It's like mm-hmm. just a little summary that's easy to flip through. You don't want it to be so, like, dense and intense. Yeah. Be- well, I guess it depends also on who you're sending it to, because if... If you're sending it to really savvy investors, you want to make sure it's on point. But if you're sending it to sort of a casual investor, someone who's like interested in getting in film, has expendable money, but maybe isn't like a super duper business professional, mm-hmm. has an MBA, you know, yeah. type person, 
um, they don't necessarily want to read through all the jargon and all the yeah all the stuff that probably they won't understand anyway. So it, you kind of kind of play to your audience a little bit. And I'm going to tell the story. It's kind of funny because me and Alex, um, as you've heard, we've been writing a script. We're trying to get it made, and you know we've sent out the business plan that we made for it to people. Um, in all aspects, you know, some people who were just family friends who had never, you know, thought about film. Some people were very savvy business investors, but never dealt with film. And it's very interesting because, you know, you think like, okay, this is a perfectly laid out to me in in, a, in the film aspect of it. And we gave it to an investor who was very, very, I mean, probably the smartest investor I've ever met, um, probably well ever met. And it just, it, it, he had questions that were more business oriented that like when you're dealing with film, it's like, well, that to, to us just makes sense. Yeah. And, yeah, totally. Because the film industry is so kind of yeah. backwards in a lot of ways. So things don't necessarily make sense immediately just just uh, without a little bit further explanation. Not only that, but they probably don't make sense at all no. to someone who's actually a savvy investor because yeah. films aren't a great investment, really. They're not. They're, I mean, it's, 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 let's be honest. It's hard to make money off of them. Um, you know, and, and if they're an investor who has no you know, desire to do anything but make money, which is fine. That's, that's what investors, most investors are. They're not going to realize that, Hey, you know, this is art, blah, blah, blah. It's just, is it going to make money or is it not? And film is one of those things that you really just cannot, unless, you know, it's funny because you could say, unless it's Ryan Kavanaugh, but even Ryan Kavanaugh failed at the end. Um, (laughs) but I mean, you really can't guarantee that any movie is going to make money, no matter who you put in it, no matter what the script is, no matter where it's shooting, no matter what the budget, it really is a crapshoot. Yeah, yeah, you can, like all investments, kind of, you can sort of hedge Hedge your bets. bets. Oh, Jinx, you owe me a soda pop or whatever the heck that thing is. I'll get you a beer. Um, Thanks. Yeah, um, yeah. uh, Yeah, but I I mean, I think. We sounded so professional there, so much, so business savvy. I know. Hedge your bets. (laughs) I know. Nerp. I should push up my glasses. I know, my family hedge business. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Lots of bushes. (laughs) Trimming. Mowing. Stop. Um, So, yeah. So, um, speaking of that, moving on, is what's the difference between a business plan and a PPM? Do you want to explain what a PPM is first? Okay. Yep, do it. So, a private placement memorandum mm, is so different than a business plan. The business plan, I, I would say, goes more into sort of who's involved, um, what your goals are. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes much more depth. It just... Yeah, it's 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 more about like the project itself mm-hmm. and the yep. team and all that kind of stuff and the marketing and all that. Whereas the PPM is more of like a legal document that is meant to express the risk involved to the investor. Yep. It's necessary to fulfill the requirements um, by the SEC and stuff like that. Um, if you look at it, if you actually read one, mm-hmm. it's really, really, really repetitive. It's yeah. basically a lot of just like, know what you're getting into. Uh, this is a very risky, risky investment. Um, do not spend more money in this than you can afford to lose entirely. It's a lot of those types of statements. It's basically just covering the filmmaker's ass because it is so risky that they don't want anybody they, – they want there to be no mystery about what this person is getting involved in. Because in all honesty, it, it's, 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 it's a big risk. And especially when you get into the, you know, I'm an independent filmmaker, so I don't have a studio to back me, but I'm still asking for $750,000 and stuff like that. It's – you got to cover your bases, and that's what the PPM does. It just kind of says, uh, yeah. you understand the risk by signing this. Yeah, and it's a requirement for when you go yep. through the whole SEC pro- you know, yep. 
dog and pony show. I mean, so I mean, that's a, a topic for a different day. I think. Yeah, but. we didn't we didn't go to business school, but I'm pretty sure a PPM is any business transaction. It's not just film. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 So it's just a, it's just a risk assessment so that they know what they're getting into. Um, so that's a little different. And so the question becomes: Now you know you have to write a business plan to get investment for your movie. When should you start writing a business plan, Alex? I think um, you should definitely, well, obviously have a script first. Yeah, and um, not just a script, but a script you're happy with. That you, yeah. like, It may not be perfect. You may have a couple more drafts to go, but at least something you feel okay showing somebody. Yep. Um, I, I don't think you need to have necessarily like a full-blown, drawn-out, like detailed line-item budget, but you do need no. to have sort of a general idea of the budget as well as mm-hmm. like maybe a top sheet of a budget. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know I mean, yeah, they again, this is to prove to them that they know that you know what you're doing a little bit. Exactly. And in the same way you don't need a super detailed strip board of a schedule, but mm-hmm. you do need to know kind of roughly what the schedule is going to be, like what months you're going to start, how long each phase of production, post-production, etc is going to last yeah. and when you project that the final project is going to be able to be shopped around uh, by distributor or by a sales agent, etc. And this is especially handy for when you're dealing with people who have worked in the industry, because they want to like if you go in there and be like, well, you know, with a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar budget, we're going to shoot for six months. I'm like, wait a second, no, 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 no. <laughs> this has to be quicker. This has to like, what are you going to do with this? It's just to again, this whole document is almost just to prove to people that in the industry that you know you have a plan, you you have it thought out, that you're just not winging it. And, you know, the budget and the, the schedule just kind of help people kind of see what you're thinking from the production side. And it definitely helps um, investors kind of feel that their, their money may be in the right hands. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, that's what it is. You want to sort of entice investors to come on board, but also project to them that you know what you're doing and mm-hmm. the, the project will actually be finished completed and so everything that's inside the business plan is um you know sort of to lead them in that direction yeah yep and so yeah start it as early as you can when you feel comfortable with where your script story and and project is now you know, some people like to write a business plan for like a three picture investment. And that's like, that is like, you probably are not going to have your three pictures laid out unless three films laid out, unless you do, which is good for you, man. That's awesome. Sure. Um, but, uh, we're talking mostly about like this. You're, you're trying to get funding for your one film, not for a slate of films, which we have tried. Um, but for one film. And so you have your script, you're good to go. You like where it is. You, you're going to make some more tweaks, stuff like that. But you know, you, you're kind of, it's almost, like the early stages of almost pre-production because as you're planning your budget and the time frame and all that, that's when you should put together your business plan. Yeah. Now let me ask you, do you think you should have a business plan if you're going to raise funds, not with actual outside investors, but maybe with friends and family or even crowdfunding? Um, crowdfunding is hard because they're not, they're not there to support most people who do crowdfunding are not thinking like I'm investing in this movie to get my money back. They just want to be a part of your film because they like you. Right. Um, it's not really an investment yeah, as, it, as much as like a donation. donation with a little, like a little kickback of like a, uh, a poster or a DVD or something like that. Um, I 
you know, when we started fundraising for our film, um, I sent my business plan to my dad simply because I was like, hey, d- you know, this is what we're planning on doing. Um, and, you know. Well, what I'm wondering is for a project like The Daughter, which is a feature we made yeah. that was micro budget. You might have heard about it when we talked to Logan about it. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Do you think it's necessary to have a business plan for something like that? Something that's like under 50 grand. You're just kind of collecting money from people you know, you know, really under, well. Yeah, under fifty grand and people you know. I don't think so. I think it's because it's more of a, they're just giving it to you because they know you. Um, yeah, it's once again, it's almost like a, it's almost like a higher end crowdfunding. You're, 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 they're donating it to you. Um, I would still, I would never feel comfortable taking money from family and friends without letting them know. Like, hey, I'm, I want to give this back to you at some point, but it's very likely that you won't see this again. Right. Um, but and I think the, that's the way you need to approach that because otherwise you can't – I don't think you can go into a $40,000 movie like super stoked that you're going to make a ton no, of profit. I mean – No. And, no. And feel good about it, especially with people that you're related to or know very well. Exactly. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where you just kind of tell them, you know, thank you for the donate, Thank you for the investment. Um, you're investing in me mostly because the $40,000 project isn't usually going to make its money back. You're, they're kind of investing in your career almost. And yeah. so I don't think you need a business plan, but you need, you, here's what I say, write a business plan to get the practice sure. and also write the business plan so that say you're meeting your second cousin that you haven't seen in 10 years. And they ask questions that are business-oriented. If you write your business plan, you don't have to show it to them, but you'll be able to answer those questions. It's like practice for like answering questions with people who are like, hey, so like, what's kind of your shooting schedule, or what's this, or what's this? And then you, know, you kind of have the answers there right away. You don't have to show them a document or anything. Yeah, that's a good point. I think the business plan could be used more for yourself as a filmmaker to make sure that you have everything in place and know everything that you need to know before you start actually asking for money. You know, it's kind of like a... A prep, yeah, to get make sure you have all your ducks in the row. Yeah, because if it's like some distant relative or family friend, they aren't necessarily just gonna be like, "Oh, I'll give you money." Without they, they may be more open to give you money, but they're not just gonna give you money without asking you a couple of questions. They want to make sure because you know it's still depending on how much you're asking for. It's still a lot of money. They just want to make sure you're not just gonna waste it and you're not gonna run away and be like, "Ha ha, gotcha." Yeah, like you got to make sure that you can tell them, "Hey, guess what." Um, I, I know what I'm doing, and thank you for your donation slash investment. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. What do you think is the difference between a business plan and a pitch deck? Business plan is like nerdy number crunching, like written all out. I think pitch deck is your visual. That's the, the vision of your story. Um, that is kind of like – to me, I always thought of a pitch deck as like trying to get creatives on board. Now, you can put the pitch deck with the business plan, especially if you're like – if you are getting into the higher range of like $500,000 and you're dealing with people who are in the creative field, you could put the pitch deck in with it, you know? But I always thought the pitch deck was kind of like something that you give to like someone who you want to work on your project. But at the same time, you can give the pitch deck to, you know, someone who is like a, a manager or something like that. Right, so it would have more kind of like mood board type things. Mood board images, um, you know, maybe, maybe like sno- storyboard snippets. Yeah, and uh, maybe you know, like, uh, I mean, you could put this in the business plan, but I'd also put like, oh my gosh, if if all the stars aligned, I would have this person be in this role and this right. star in this role, and you could even put a link to a YouTube like a sizzle, you know, uh, a concept trailer um, that you you know cut together from different movies to show the mood that you want. Right. Um, 
but it's definitely I, it's, more of like a creative tool than it is like a business much tool. more visual much more visual and that can go with the business plan but that's kind of get to to let the creative side of the people you're working with know what your vision is kind of thing yeah now that being said i do think different from like a business plan for a regular business or like an app i do mm-hmm. think film business plans can kind of blend mm-hmm. the two you know yeah. it's okay to put a cover on it that's like a concept poster yeah or include certain things in the business plan that normally you wouldn't that are maybe a little bit more about like the style and the tone just to like get your point across what you're trying to accomplish yeah so that they're on the same page and maybe can get excited about it because ultimately like we said the whole point and the goal is to get people excited about your project as excited about your project as you are yeah and so the best way to do that i think is to get them behind the mood and the visuals and yeah. the story and stuff like that more than the numbers um do you you took peter x science class i did remember writing the business plan i do um it was kind of like that it was is you know it's kind of what they say about writing a script. Like the first 15 minutes, something big has to happen to keep them hooked. And so in that case, when we were doing the business plans in class, it was like, we have the business plan, but the front cover is the poster with the stars that you want on it. And even, right. you know, you know, even if you have no idea who you can get, but you really want Leonardo DiCaprio in the, in the role, put Leonardo DiCaprio on the poster. You know, just kind of get something to, to make them open it. To make them like interested enough to read the business plan, put as much visuals in you in there, but it's not your pitch deck. Yeah, I'm looking for a Leo type, so yeah. maybe I'll cast myself. Oh man, you would kill as Leo uh, dying yeah. at the Titanic. I know, um, but you, we could survive in the ti- the Titanic. Like how much fat we have, we'd stay warm for ages. That's true. I mean, Eskimos would use our fat to light their candles in their <laughs> igloos. That came way too easy for you. <laughs> Jeez, you've been holding on that one for a while. <laughs> um, wow, I don't even know where to go from there. <laughs> we are Eskimo blubber. Um, they would wear our pelts to mm-hmm. keep warm yeah. as they burn our flubber. <laughs> and club us like seals. Um, okay, so let's get into the whole idea of how do you write a business plan. So to you, what kind of is the structure of a – like we could th- – there are tons of – if you write out like film, business plan – um, templates. There are tons out there, so we don't we don't want to get into the very specifics because we could spend, you know, twenty hours on the very like breaking down a business plan page by page, section by section. And you know, as you get more and more involved and get into bigger budgets, there are people who will write the business plan for you who are much better at doing those kinds of things. But you know, no budget filmmaking, you're gonna have to write the first couple yourself. So kind of break down to you, Alex, what what should go in. A business plan just to be safe and cover all the bases stuff like that all right well definitely i would say you need a, a cover page something like you said to sort of entice people just right away mm-hmm. yep um it doesn't have to be a concept poster yeah um and i would say not probably not everyone agrees with this but i do think you need something more than just like a white piece of paper with like the title on it i don't th- you know people want to people will not agree on it and that's fine but i don't think it hurts you if you put something on there so why not put something on there i don't think someone's gonna look at it and be like oh this is so unprofessional because there's imagery on the front i don't think it hurts you i don't think anyone's gonna not i think it's gonna help you more than it will hurt you yeah and and then i think you need a summary of the whole project yep that's kind of like standard business plan fare is to sort of yeah, just talking to sort of what the opportunity is for the investors just like slightly mm-hmm. what the project is. Mm-hmm. Um 
And then you got to make sure that you also include who you are because they're really investing in you and your vision. So if you got, you know, um, you know, if you work with a team of like a, uh, if you say you're the director, if you work with a team of a writer and a, and you're the director and then you have a DP you always use, um, hell, even a sound guy or somebody, and especially if you have somebody who's a producer who has some kind of clout, some kind of name recognition, um, put that in there. Give a little bio so that they know who they're dealing with. They know who is going to be handling their money um, because people are very particular about who's handling their money. Yeah. Um, so just kind of do a little, little – it's called the um, uh, management team. So it's kind of like these are the producers, the, the creatives, the, the core group, and this is why you should like them. And this is why they are successful and will be successful. Yeah. And I think um, another thing that I put in the business plan – that we make yeah, is investment alternatives, mm. which is kind of like a little table uh, that yes, talks yes, yes. about different types of investments you can do. And then the percentage rate of return as well as like the risk factor. And it compares like money market CODs, um, the NASDAQ and stuff like yeah. that with films of a comparable nature to yours. Yeah. Ultimately this is kind of, um, it's slightly misleading because you're not taking into account the amount of films that fail. Yeah. Because you're talking about films that are known mm-hmm. because that's how the only stuff you can research really. You can't yeah. look at, yeah. you know, films that didn't do anything or yeah. like never got off the ground. Exactly. Um, so you're looking at films that are known and um, films in your budget range that were probably successful or moderately, moderately successful. And you're yeah. kind of like, averaging it out into a number you know it it there's nothing i don't think there's anything wrong with it It, it, people do prospecting all the time i mean it is just a best case scenario because that's what you're you it's almost showing like when i say best case scenario it's almost showing that like you know what this is what we're aiming for this is what we're going to shoot for we're not going to shoot for low end of the returns on movies that are similar to us we're going to go above average and i think with that you want to try to get real pre-sale number or not pre-sale but real estimates from a uh, uh international sales agent like mm-hmm. take, if you can ideally you'd want to get a sales agent on board you know have them look at your your project and yeah. what what you already have in place and actually get sales estimates um for your specific yeah. project so that way your percentage can be a little bit more accurate based on what other people and you know like the current trends yeah uh what other movies are out there and what's selling right now um and what distributors across the globe want yep so i think that's an important thing to do um and you would want to include that that stuff you know you want to include that later but also in this alternative investment section yeah um i think it definitely it kind of, I, th- I always feel that when it comes down to the, like more the numbers people than the creative people who when they're investing when they see those kind of numbers they're like they get a little more excited they're like okay you know what like I and especially after they sign the PPM saying there's a lot of risk if they're still interested after that risk this kind of gears them up a little bit like okay this could uh, this could do something we, right. could, we could have something here definitely and so then I think we you got to include stuff about the mark the current market. Yep. So you know what else is out there and what's hot, what in the works, genre, what isn't. yeah, in the genre, in the acting, yeah, all that kind of stuff. And in that section, I like to include um, quotes from articles, recent articles about things. So for example, we were shooting a um, um, it's like a sci-fi horror. Yep. 
or that's the project that we were writing this for. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I found a quote from inverse magazine that said science fiction will consume the superhero industry and become the genre to beat. Mm. So I just took that little snippet, Mm. put it in there with, you know, the date and the link to the article and stuff like that. Slightly misleading because wouldn't you say a superhero movie is a sci-fi movie? Fantasy. Okay. Maybe. All right. It's all right. both. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, you, you do that. Like, this is all to entice the person. This is all to get them excited. Excited. And excited. You, want, you want to show that you're not the only person that thinks this is going to work. You exactly. Know? That's kind of the idea. The market is showing that this could make money. It's the same thing that you see on billboards and trailers all the time where it's like, you know, movie phone said spectacular. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you're taking a little snippet of what they said and putting it in there. But yep. it's to sort of say, oh, man, other people think this is this is good and this is what... I should be doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And you kind of use that same mentality here. And they can be part of the team. They can be part of the team. And then you also want to talk about market trends. So we did genre comparisons with other films in the same genre. And we talked about, or we showed their budget, then their gross revenue. And then we broke it down into the ROI. Return on investment for those who don't know. So it's basically, um, you know, a side note, when you're doing this, uh, the way we learned how to do it is that um, if you have an investor, a, a group of investors who are investing all of it, so you're not putting up any money of yourself, which is what you should do because they say always spend somebody else's money. So saying that's that being said, um, if you are doing uh, this, you know, everyone's investing their own money and that's all you got and whatever, the, the normal thing to do is that the investors get back 120% of their investment. So say they invested $500,000. So the investors get back $600,000 before then the profits after that are split 50-50 between investors and your production company because that's just how it goes. Yeah. Um, and so that is where you get into, you know, the return on their investment. So you break it down. It's like, well, you know, if this movie made... Five million dollars on a, on a uh, you know five hundred thousand dollar budget. Then after they get back, recoup their investment plus twenty percent, so six hundred thousand dollars. You have four point four million dollars, and it's split fifty fifty. So the investors get you know two point two million dollars back, split amongst them all, based on how much they gave and all that. And so again, it breaks it down like, hey, this is how much you could get if you know yeah. and if, then if you, this goes well. You break it down into a percent. Usually the ROI is in a percent. Mm-hmm. So you can say the investors made back 6,000% of their investment mm-hmm. or something, mm-hmm. you know? Um, which is a fantastic number. Yeah, which happens a lot for the sci-fi and horror numbers. Because, again, if you're looking for numbers, you're really only going to find them for movies out there that actually made money. Yep. And, you yeah. know. Yep. So there's that. There is that. Uh, then you got to talk about the company. We already talked about ourselves a little bit. Yep. But and we got to talk about the company, what we've done, what the company's done, what kind of success they've had, what kind of you know, what assets they have, that kind of stuff. Um, and then uh, you get into the actual project. Yeah, the story. Um, you get into the story. You, you you know you do maybe a treatment. Um, the reason we say you know have a script ready is you don't put the script in the uh, business plan, but there could be people who say, hey, you know, I'm really interested. Can I read the script? And you got to be right. able to, you got to be ready to send it, but don't put it in the in the business plan. But just put a synopsis, um, kind yeah, a little, of a log line. You can put some like pictures a, in. You know, this yeah. could, this could be part of your, uh, you know, your mood board. Totally. Yeah. So I, I would definitely say log line, um, and at the very least, like a synopsis. But you yep. can, if you want to, go out, break it out into like a more detailed treatment if you wanted to. Yep. 
But again, you want to make sure that you're not overwhelming them with info because at the end of the day, simplicity will prevail. Yep. If they have questions, that's great. You can talk to them one-on-one. It just suggests that they're interested, really. And that is made actually a good thing. Leave them wanting more. If they're if they're interested in the synopsis, they're like, wait a second, I'm really interested in this movie. I might invest. Then they'll talk to you. And once me and Alex always say, like, just get us in the room because we will sh- smooth them and swoon them and all that stuff. But um, like that is that is the goal. You want to get them talking to you. They you want them to come to you and be like, hey, let's sit down and go out to lunch, or go to dinner, and then talk about your project because that is even more than you can put on paper. That is where the passion of your project comes out, and that's usually how you lock the deal in yeah and so then after the story uh, we have the revenue distribution model which like you said goes into um, what they would make based on the projections that you get from your international salesperson so for example when you get um, when you get estimates you get a low mid and high number um, and range and it breaks down by all the different territories and stuff Mm -hmm. but you take those totals for the low, mid, and high, and then you sort of break it down based on what their investment was, yep, or what the um, uh, you know, the total revenue and everything would be, and the distributor's commission, uh, billable expenses, et cetera, et cetera, and then you break it down into an ROI for those three different estimates, and those are going to be slightly lower, you know, for example, on ours. On the low end, the ROI is 30%, which is still good. Um, the mid was 84.16%, and the high was 117.5%. So they're not outlandish numbers. Um, they're not the crazy like 6,000% because we strongly believe we want to make it a little bit more realistic based on what could actually happen. We didn't want to you know, pitch them the idea that we're going to have this breakout hit that's going to make like $100 million. So we wanted to... Um, really make sure they knew what they were getting into. And that's what we did with these three scenarios um, and the revenue distribution model. And then of course, at the bottom, there's all those like little additions to it that say, you know, these scenarios are for illustration purposes only and should not be construed as a promise or an expectation of future revenue, because you don't want to then like say, Oh, (laughs) the business plan said it was going to make this much and it didn't. Yeah. Well, yeah, I got some news for you. Rarely ever does it make that much, but hopefully it makes more. Yeah. Hopefully it makes more. Um, and yeah, so that's like, I mean, we could go in more detail. If you want to go in more detail, actually, you got our business plan right in front of you. Um, uh, no, I mean, I was thinking maybe, I don't know if, if I could do this. Maybe I would change it up a little bit, you know, and actually put it on as a download. Ooh. You know, so people could actually sort of follow along and see what. Wait, our business, business plan is a download? Yeah, but maybe I would change it up a little oh, bit so man. it's not giving away all of our secrets. I know, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, we can do it as a download. That's fine. Um, you know, guys, just, you know, as we say it every time. Uh, visit our website, No Budget Filmmaking Podcast, and we will make sure that we put this as a download because it, it gets it gets detailed, and you know, yeah, it's a lot. Um, we'll probably just break it down into sections, not necessarily give you all the information because we're not going to tell you what your project is, but we will definitely, um, yeah, put that on there because we could talk about this for hours, and we could go through each individual session, um, and all that. Um, so then the the very last part of our business plan, yeah, it ends with the revenue distribution. But then it goes on to give some articles. And this goes back to sort of those quotes that I had in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these are the full-on articles that I copy and pasted, put the pictures in from specific articles that I found that were really sort of pushing them in the direction. So, for example, one of them, um, like I said, our project was a sci-fi horror. Yep. Um, one of them was from NPR, and it said, horror is the best deal in Hollywood. 
and then it breaks it down in terms of like films and their profitability and stuff like that and their likelihood to be profitable. Yeah. Good article to put in there for them to read. And you're just kind of, again, directing them in to see what you want them to see. So then our second article was from the American Film Market. And it said, what types of low-budget film projects break out? And again, highlighting um, horror films and stuff like that. So Another way just to entice them and show you that you're not crazy and this actually has a chance of doing something. Um, no matter how big or small, um, I, we always got to go into it that we just want our investors. The thing you want to do is just keep your investors happy. Now, our dream would to make them millions of dollars. Our goal is just to make them their money back. Because if you make their money back and they didn't, you know, they didn't lose any money and hopefully they enjoyed the process because you bring them on set a little bit, you, you know, show them around, they, they, uh, they feel good about everything that happened, then they're, they're likely to invest in your next film and maybe even a little bit more. There's this funny story that we were told in film school about this guy who had friends on Wall Street and he was trying to get investing for his, uh, for his film. It was a million dollars. And he approached people on Wall Street like he would, it was a stock. He's like, I'm going to give you one share of my movie for $100,000. And he found that a lot of the people were saying yes just so they could go to a, a cocktail party and be like, yeah, I invested in movies. And that's kind of the deal. That like, Yeah, exactly. And in a similar vein, a lot of people will say yes just to get in the movie themselves yeah. or have their yeah. kid in the movie. Or, you and know. Sometimes, you know what? Sometimes you have to do that. Like, like you know what? Have we, their song in the movie. Maybe they yeah. want to be a musician. They're like, oh, man, I'd really love my song to be in the movie. It's you, like so all your pride and just and do it because you're going to get made you, – you, you're going to get your movie made. And you know what? That's just what happens. Uh, you know, it happens all the time. Um, but it's just another way to get your movie made. Yeah. So, I mean, that's basically it for the, uh, the business plan. Let's talk about maybe different, uh, different, uh, ways you can go about making it, you know, like the first business plan I ever made, I just did it in Google docs. Mm -hmm. Uh, but this business plan, I used a different, uh, different program that, I liked way better. It's called Biz Plan with a Z. Ooh, and and for those who are you know, uh, luckily not annoyed by Alex's voice, he's talking more because he was the one who sat down and worked with someone on our business plan. So he's I the did. master of our business plan. Um, and I talked more last week because I was just doing the intro, and I apologize for my <laughs> annoying voice. But uh, yeah, so um, yeah, that's why Alex is taking the reins on this one. He is our yeah. business uh, plan aficionado. But uh, and I'm yeah, when it comes to this stuff. I'm more of like a, I'm a little OCD about it. I really want stuff to look good. Yep. You know? And you should, you should. Again, this is, this could be the first real introduction somebody has to your creative process and yeah. your creative ideas. And it should look good. It should be polished. It should be something that they can just go and be like, you know what? I like this person based on this. Let me meet with them. Yeah. And so, I mean, this, this little web app called biz plan doesn't really do anything that you can't do in word or in Google docs or, you know, Photoshop or whatever, however you want to make your, your business plan. Yeah. Um, it just sort of simplifies it. It's all online mm -hmm. and, uh, breaks down into sections and lets you sort of design it a little bit more. And it also hosts it online in a viewable sort of web mini website. Yeah. So you can send people a link directly to it and they don't have to download a PDF or whatever. It's just like viewable. Yep. And, I like all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm kind of a, a dork about that. Yeah, I get messages all the time of Alex saying, "Should we buy this program?" And it's programs like BizPlan. And yeah. I you know, and I worked on the BizPlan with Alex 
Um, and it was it, it. I do like the program. Uh, this is not a you know we're not affiliated with them in any way. We're just trying to help you guys out. I like the product. Um, it's very easy. It, it's the biggest thing that I like, and I know you can do this in Google Docs and 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 Word and all that. I just like how like easy it is to navigate and then you know jump to different sections when you when you're building it. Yeah. Um, and it just is. It's a nice little thing. And it's very clean, clean looking. And that's you know. what I love. Yeah, and that's what you should go for when your business plan. Yeah. And so this sort of brings up a good question, I think, and I'm still not certain about my answer to it, but is it better to send someone a physical copy or to send them a digital copy? I think nowadays day, nowadays digital is more preferred, only because with phones being so powerful, people aren't in the office all the time. And so if you're sending a physical, physical copy... Like you're talking like printed out, or you want P- or you're saying PDF? No, I'm saying printed out, send it in in a Manila. Ooh, straight Manila, to them. A Manila. Um, you know, it's the thing is like, yes, things can definitely get lost in email, and but things can be lost in snail mail, as they saw say. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, everyone these days is connected to their phone and and everyone should have email on their phone. Right. And so they can, you know, it, you may have a better chance of somebody sitting down, you know, just waiting for something and they're just popping through the email and like, Oh, wait a second. What's this? A business plan. Let me look through this. And they'll read it rather than it's sitting at their office that they haven't been to in two days. And it's just getting piled on, piled on and piled on. Yeah. But I do think I do. My main worry with it. And the reason I'm not sure about it is that I feel like the people you're going to be approaching are of a slightly older demographic than we are. That's, and so that's true. I, I think those people still tend to like having things printed out so they can read it. That's true, but I don't know. But would you say like maybe send them a digital correspondence first and say I'd be happy to send you a printed version, or would you like a PDF? Well, that brings up a really good point. You should definitely never send a business plan to anyone without them asking for it. Absolutely, it's the same with your script. So you could easily just ask them which method they prefer a digital or a printed and i think that's probably the best way to go actually now that you mention it very good yeah very good point thank you thank you i i i every once in a while i have a golden nugget on all the turds yeah um yeah that's, but yeah. that's one of them yeah that's a golden turd <laughs> got right thanks thanks it's kind of the golden goose but whatever um yeah so i think yeah definitely ask them send out you know an interest you know, query at Ooh, first, okay. Ooh, query. Well, yeah, really query. business business oriented, so that they can actually express interest. These are all things that, you know, if you get really into the nitty gritty of getting investments and the legality of it and whatnot, there's a lot of rules. Yeah, I definitely recommend you read some books about it. Um, look online, check out the rules in the SEC because there's a lot of really crazy stuff. There's like <laughs> blue sky rules. Which go into like, uh, you know, certain states yeah. have laws that are different than others, and you can't get investor if you're in a mm-hmm. certain state and you're reaching for outside investors in a different state. Yep. There's rules about that, and depending on the state that they're in, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot of stuff like that that you really need to make sure you do right. Um, otherwise, you're going to be very sorry later. And also, um, I would say look at the tax codes of the the, the U.S. of A. Uh, always keep up to date on that because for a while there was a tax code that allowed people to write off an entire the entirety of an investment in a in a feature in a film. 
in the first year of their taxes. In yeah, the first year of their taxes, you'd have, to, you'd have to like depreciate it or something. Yeah, and then it went away, and now it's back. Um, that is tax code. What, Alex? Section one eighty one. There you go. And, and, and actually, that is you're right. We're missing that in our current business plan because it went away. So I took away. it out. Yep. But that was the very last page of our business plan. It basically mm-hmm. said, Section one eighty one. You have this ability at your disposal. Even even in our business plan, we don't go into super detail about it because we say like consult your accountant mm-hmm. on whether or not you are eligible for this and whether or not it will work for your current situation because we, we don't are, want that. We are not on, tax experts on our you know plate. So we yeah. sort of put that on them. We let them know about it. Yep. Let them know it's a possibility and to check it. it um, but uh, but always keep up to date on that stuff because it's always changing. Like I think the the tax that tax break it has to be renewed every year. Is it every year? Um, or is it every three years? It's it's set in the actual code. I don't remember. Okay. Um, but so, it was up for renewal in uh, at the beginning of 2018, I believe. And it just never got renewed. It didn't get renewed right away, but eventually it did. And so it's one of those things where it was gone for a little while, but now it's back. So, yeah, you just got to kind of keep up on it. Yep. And so if you don't, you know, if you don't keep up on it, you tell your investors and then they find out that it's not true, that will just ding you a little bit in their eyes. Um, and those are the kind of things. That, again, this is the boring business side of filmmaking. And if you want to make a career out of this, if you want to make a living out of this, this is what you got to know. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's that's about going to cover it. I think a lot of you guys will benefit from actually seeing business plans right in mm-hmm. front of your very eyes. There's a lot of templates out there. There's a lot of examples you can download. Yep. Um, and I would recommend, you know, even if you're not ready right now yeah just try writing it just just for your own education as it were just to sort of get one under your belt it's kind of like a script you know after you write the first one the second one's a little bit easier because you've done it um and it's not so daunting and uh you You know it's just good good to practice i'm gonna do it i'm gonna say if you write a business plan and want us to take a peeper at it send it our way Sure, we can critique it. We can critique it or just let you know if you're on the right path. I mean, we don't have that many listeners now, so <laughs> we're not going to get that many. We got time. <laughs> yeah, send yeah, it away. Um, just send it to us, and we'll we'll look it over. We won't steal your idea unless it's really good. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, send us your business plan if you if you have some questions about it or you're worried about it before you send it out to some people, or if you just want to write it for practice. Um, we'll take we'll take a gander at it. Yeah, we're not experts, but we have done them before, so you can send it to. Hello at cinemasummit.com. But I feel like we do need to insert some kind of legal disclaimer out there because it's one of those things you got to do where it's like, you know, just because you send it to us and if we ended up making something similar, it's not that we stole your idea. We probably had something similar coming through the pipeline, blah, 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 blah. you know what? No, no. Even better. You know what you should do? Don't even include the synopsis of your film. There you go. There you go. There you yeah. go. Just take that part out. Take the whole idea about your project. You know, you can put it in the budget. You can put it in the genre. You can put it in the the uh, production schedule. But don't put it in the synopsis. There's no risk of us taking it. If you think we would, we're those kinds of assholes. But no, there, there'll be no risk of it. Nobody can get confused. If we come up with an idea that's similar, it will be completely coincidental. Uh, so don't put it in the synopsis or anything about your film. Um, and and we'll just critique the the nitty gritty of it. That sounds good. Sweet, sweet, sweet. So, so on to again, what? the uh, oh. the email. I'm going to just oh, repeat yeah. it. Oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Hello at hello cinemasummit dot com. Yep, like the Adele song. Hello, is it's it me you. you're looking for? Sing it, come on. That's not Adele Bye. though. You know, you're not Adele, but that is Adele. That's not Adele. 
Oh, man. That's Lionel Richie, fool. Oh, you're doing... No, no. <laughs> you're thinking, hello from the yeah. other yeah. side. Yeah. Be contemporary, Alex, all right? Don't bring... Look at those pipes. Whoa! I know, right? Ooh, in the heat, you need to fan off. Some Schedule 40 right there. <laughs> Get all out right. of here. So all let's right. move on to what's cool. And, um, you know, we have had a little bit of time to find some cool stuff. Uh, for me, the first one is this cool thing I found out about. It's called Disney Stunt Works. Now, for those who have gone to Disneyland and Disney World and Disney Tokyo and Disney Europe and Disney China, uh, they, you know that, that Disney has a lot of animatronics in their park. Especially the Hall Presidents. Um, Those aren't real presidents? No. Well, they're, the skin of the real presidents is put over animatronics. Oh. Yeah. yeah that's see. why they're so leathery. Yeah. Um, and Disney was kind of trying to figure out a way to make their animatronics a little better. And, you know, a lot of – Disney has this, these Imagineers that have come up with some really good technological stuff. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. And so they made this – company this like you know department inside disney called disney stunt works and what they're doing is they're making these animatronics they're basically making humanoid robots that can do stunts uh you can look online at the video and they they're swinging on a rope letting go of the rope doing a flip and landing in the same spot every time yeah um they have gyroscopes lasers and accelerometers in them so they can they will even adjust mid-flight their trajectory so they land in the same spot and now these are for animatronics for the park that's where they started they're also going to try and put them into kind of like their shows that they do. So yeah, that the live, the live, live shows, live shows, shows. So there's, the stunts aren't so dangerous for people. But there's going to be a point where these replace stuntmen and they get a little better at, you know, just looking like a human doing a stunt. And if they fall, no, no damage, maybe damage, but no, no injury to a real life person. Yeah, which is, which is cool. But also, I know there's a lot of people out there being like, well, they're, the robots are taking oh, our no, they're, they're at these This is absolutely the start of the, the violent overthrow by robots. But it's, yeah. I mean, might as well enjoy it while, while we're still in control of them. Yeah. I mean, to me, it makes total sense. Yeah. At the very least for the animatronic uh, rides and stuff, like yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean. Exactly. Do, do some crazy, like, swinging stunts or whatever. How, how I mean, cool would that cool be to have, have, like, the, a pirate swing over the, the river and, like, flip and land? My gosh. That'd, that'd be, be so cool. Until... It There's a malfunction yeah. and a 3,000 pound robot yeah. lands on Johnny on Depp. Johnny Depp. Oh, man. Because he was there for the free ride. Yeah, he's always there. Yeah, what, what else is cool? What else is cool? Oh, so I found this really interesting uh, new thing from NVIDIA. Oh, man. NVIDIA's killing it these days. Where they have a grain and watermark reduction through AI <sighs> platform that they're developing. Jeez. And. It's one of those things where it the the photos look like those really fake, stupid photos that you see in magazines where it's like, here's the toenail fungus uh, cream. And <laughs> in this one, it's totally yellow. That's where you and went. And in this one, it's the same exact photo, but Photoshopped differently, and it's yeah. totally clear. Yeah. It, they kind of look like that yeah. because they're so crazy. Yeah. They have... Um, ones where it's just like so much grain that you would never normally be able to do anything with revive it, it with yeah. anything, but it actually comes out and shows a picture that still, you know, looks a little funky maybe, but um, it's is only gonna like, get better. Is amazing. And then to me, the really crazy one is the watermark removal because which, which sucks for copyright holders. Oh it my sucks. god! Well, yeah, it does. But also, how, like, how much do watermarks actually deter deter people or like affect things because? I mean, I don't know. I don't know when I the last time I saw a watermark 
was, and I was like, oh, snap. They got this on lock. This is like Fort Knox over here. Well, <laughs> from the, the post-production side, I know when I do a lot of uh, episodes for Larry, we use Getty Images, and they have watermarks, and those are expensive images. Those are like $500 a pop, and, so, and, and they're a big watermark. So if somebody could go in there and take that watermark out and be like, well, I paid for it, Getty, because Getty isn't going to go hunt down everyone that, you know, if they see an image, they're just going to assume that person paid for it. That's true. And so, but That's it's true. But, I've actually seen photos in real live oh, TV shows and other projects oh, where the watermark's still there. I've seen banners and posters at restaurants printed out oh, where like the, the stock photo and it still says I stock photo on it. No. And it's just so sad. But no, but back to what Alex was saying. Yeah, the water, they take out, they had this image that was completely covered in words, in typed words. Yeah. And it took it out just fine. You could, you would not be able to tell. Nope. That's why I say it seems like one of those crazy ads where they're just like lying to you because it seems way too good. It's like the weight loss ad where it's definitely a different person, but they're wearing the same clothes. Yeah, exactly. Like, no way. They just, they just, obviously they just went into Photoshop and deleted all the layers with the words on it. Yeah. Or the, the first photo is just a self taken photo in their apartment. And the second photo is clearly like a studio photo <laughs> with a professional photographer and retoucher. <laughs> We should just do these fake videos. These sound great. I know, right? Um, but anyway, I think that sounds really cool. Check the links in yeah. in the show notes. I don't know. And you'll it, see what we're talking about. I'm trying to remember. I was trying to. I was talking to Alex about this before. I'm trying to remember if we told him about Nvidia's. I think we did. I think just a refresher. Nvidia also is using AI to do slow motion, and that That's is right. like take footage, and I, I guess you could say compute. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's sort of like computing the frames in between. The frames in between with, yeah. with AI. And so that you don't super. have to, I mean, there's been stuff like that out for a while. Like I know Adobe's time mm-hmm. uh, stuff does that to a certain degree, but this is like way, way, way more advanced. And so much because, better. The result is so much better. Yeah. Because in the older versions, all they're really doing is kind of like taking the two frames and blending them together into some sort of like smushy, blurry thing. And it works way better than like the old stuttery garbage, you know, that you used to have to do. Yep. Uh, but absolutely, if you look at the video from Nvidia, it's pretty, really good. Pretty, spot I will on. say, the video looked, the result did look to me to be like slightly blurry, like overall, like it made mm. the video not seem as sharp for some reason. Maybe that's a way to, to calculate the frames, is that kind of blurs the edges so that they can calculate where the frames are better. Maybe, and but. Th- Still, really good. And again, this is all just going to get better and better. If they've got a good base, they're just going to make it better and better. Yeah, and I feel like it's one of those things that you'll use when you're like, ah, oh, crap, yeah. I just, I needed this to be slow-mo, and we just didn't get it For on the day. one shot, like one real quick slow-mo shot. Or, or maybe it's like you shot it at, you know, whatever, 96 frames a second, and you're like, I oh, you just really want to, like, slow it down this, again by half. This walk out of the bar needs to be real, real slow, slow and smooth. Real slow. Real slow. Another thing that's cool is it was just announced that Neil Blomkamp of District 9, Elysium, and uh, what else did he do? Was that it? No. Oh, Chappie. Chappie. Oh, Chappie. He did Chappie. Um, he was going to do an alien movie. He was right? going to do an alien movie, and now instead he's doing a RoboCop 2 movie. Now, I know a lot wow. of you are like, you know, wow. a lot of you are like, wait, they already did a Ro- RoboCop sequel. Well, they did a remake, and what they're doing here is he is doing a sequel to the original RoboCop. 
And yeah. so what happens is they're rewriting the script that the original writers of the first RoboCop wrote. So they wrote a sequel right after. And it's kind of funny. I heard a rumor that their sequel script, the original sequel script was set in, a, in the world when a reality star became president. Oh, my God. And so they're like, are you kidding me? Uh, so they're writing. Uh, another writer is uh, kind of reworking the the RoboCop 2 script, and Neil Blomkamp is set to direct it, and so it's going to take place in the same world as the first RoboCop movie. And for those who don't like RoboCop, you can turn off the podcast and unsubscribe because RoboCop original is awesome. It is really awesome. I think this is... I mean, that's really cool. I think this something to take note... Um, for from this, all you writers out there, this seems to be a little bit of a trend that may be arising. Yeah, uh, sequels to original movies, even if there's already sequels to it. Yeah, that's, that's true. something that I mean, we saw that with the Halloween sequel. Mm-hmm. Now this RoboCop sequel, maybe you guys um, should consider writing a sequel to your favorite movie that already has a sequel. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, like yeah. Uh, Land Before Time two. Even though there was a three, four, five. <laughs> yes, exactly. I like it. It takes place with. You know, disregarding all the rest of the sequels. It's only taking the first one into consideration. Yeah, because the first is a masterpiece. The other were, eh. Yeah. Yeah. Littlefoot mm. little gets a drug oh. problem after realizing... Wow, they had drugs back in the dinosaur ages. <laughs> uh, yeah. Dude, weed's just a plant. <laughs> so true. <laughs> and on that note... That's going to do it for this episode. I just want to go with a closing note. Um, we met up with our friend Dalton uh, over the weekend at Alex's wedding. Alex said, uh, Dalton said he listened to our podcast and says that we sound like we drink too much. And to that, Dalton, I say, screw you, buddy. Um, we drink just the right amount. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just because we're on our fourth beer for this episode, it's because it's hot. Okay. It's real hot. Yeah. You know how hard Back it is off. to find water in this place? Yeah. I know. Jeez. We only have 15 gallons and we have... Two cases of beer. What do you think we're going to drink first? Yeah, it's about survival. Yeah. It's really prepping. You know, doomsday prepping. That's what we're doing. So screw you, Dalton, but thanks so much for listening. Miss yeah. you, buddy. Good to see you. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you for joining us. You can get the show notes for this episode by visiting nobudgetfilmmaking.com slash episode 13. And don't forget to hop on over to iTunes do and it. subscribe to our podcast. Do it. And while you're there, if you feel so inclined, do it. give us a five-star rating and also leave do us it. a review, a text review. We like reading those. Yeah. Um, shout out to yeah. the three people that have done it. Uh, we Beat really that appreciate that. Do it's, a better um, review than those three bet you can't <laughs> yeah do it he's gonna bully you yeah. he's gonna cyber bully you into, into yeah reviewing only our i knew who our listeners were except for those three people who reviewed it yeah he's gonna cyber bully my mom until she writes a review <laughs> do it michelle <laughs> also if you have any filmmaking questions ask away in the comments section and we will try to answer them to the best of our knowledge um yeah like our facebook page and follow us on instagram so, at cinema summit yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. We're going to try and stay cool in this heat, 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 and we'll talk to you next time. Later.